Hi, I am your host, Victoria Grinman, and you are listening to That Moment Heart to Heart Talk with Dr. Victoria Grinman. Thank you so much for joining. This is a talk to inspiring people who are contributing massively in the world and their stories of struggle to triumph. Thanks for joining, and here we go. Okay, welcome everybody. This is Victoria Grinman. I am here today with Guni Sodi, correct? Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a truly an honor and it's amazing how we connected and now we're doing this. So I'm super excited. I know. Okay, so for everyone out there, um, today we're going to be talking about a natural approach to life after loss. And I met you through um, Tony Robbins Business Mastery. Yes. And we were in a room together and I just thought, one, this dude radiates collaboration and support. It's like the more you can give, that's what you were all about. And it happened time and time again after we showed up in the same breakout room. And I thought, what great energy. And also, yeah, you were really, really so supportive. Um, And for someone who is learning, right, from the peers around me, proximity is certainly power because being in proximity to you really had me go, okay, this is how I want to continue to show up as well. So I loved it. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. And then why I wanted to talk with you, especially on this show called That Moment Heart to Heart Talk, is because it's about the journey of post-traumatic growth for people. It's that journey of that growth through struggle that happens. And I'm going to share a little bit about you, and then I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Um, Guni, um, your family roots are in Ayurvedic medicine, uh, stretches across from generations, but he didn't personally understand the power of Ayurveda until tragedy struck. I'll have you talk about that, actually. And I don't even want to go into it without you telling us. Um, I don't even want to read it because it's, it's your story. So tell me, who are you in this world? What amazing things do you do? Well, I you know, appreciate that. Thank you for the intro. Um, I'm just somebody here, honestly, at the root to just help people um, through my own experiences. And I think a lot of us truly are. Um, I've been able to learn, you know, go through something, as you were mentioning, as um, the tragedy that happened. And that is that my younger brother who passed away in a car accident And kind of what happened was imagine, I'm going to kind of summarize it a little bit, but imagine talking to your sibling um, and asking him, hey, what's going on? I was in college back then. I was about 21, 22 years old. And just asking him, hey, what are you guys, what are you guys, are you guys coming over? What are we doing? And just a regular talk, you know, like nothing. And then six minutes later, his best friend calls you because he can't get a hold of your brother and your brother's phone keeps going to voicemail and his voice is hyperventilating. And you've never heard that before. And you're like, well, what is going on? What's what, what? He goes, I can't. Rishi is my younger brother. That's his name. I can't get a hold of Rishi. I can't get a hold of Rishi. And I'm like, have you tried calling him? He goes, yes, he goes straight to voice. I'm like, where was? Where did you see him last? He goes, well, he was uh, he was driving his car. I think he was going a little fast. Maybe they were there was some you know, racing involved a little bit. And all I know is that his car got in an accident. And the minute I heard that, and, and uh, Dr. Grinman, you'll kind of understand what happened. The fight or flight mechanism kicks in. 
And it's the emotional fight or flight mechanism. It's not really like I was under threat. It was just like, oh my God, what is going on? What is going on? Shock kind of coming in. So I was at work when I heard this and my colleague, she kind of came up to me and she goes, my God, you look like, what, what the heck happened to you? Like you look horrible. And I told her and she knew our family, basically a family friend. And I was like, I got to go to the scene. I know where it is. And she goes, there's no way you're going by yourself. I have to drive you. I mean, literally my hands were shaking like this. So I went there and we're all we're driving in her car and we turn on the radio and all of a sudden somebody on the radio says there's been a really horrible accident and it's happened on Cold Creek Parkway. That's where it happened. And there's been a fatality involved. And right then and there, I knew, I don't know what it was, just maybe my intuition or something. I knew that that was my brother somehow. We get there, the scene is just, firefighters are all taped off. I mean, I see his car, it was on fire. What ended up happening was if there's anything to kind of say, okay, he went, maybe he wasn't hurt or anything. It, so his car skid out of control. There was a no barrier kind of lane. It was 40 miles an hour speed, February, Seattle, or January, Seattle, wet, rainy roads. And so his car went to the other side, head-on collision with a truck, and then it caught on fire. And they said the impact actually kind of that's what did it and so the firefighters were there trying to protect me from kind of saying hey there's nothing to see here go 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 to the hospital and i kind of knew that you know they're hiding something from me and we went to the hospital i see my mom and dad they're there too my mom had to be controlled literally in a room she was had to be literally given lorespan because she, she was just she was just going nuts you know she, she didn't know what to do and long story short i mean that day we get home we know he's been pronounced dead the whole community comes to us and moments later when i was talking to my brother to the time of the accident i'm now pushing a button to cremate him and we do this in the hindu religion and i still remember my uncle had to take my hand because it was i guess the older brother has to do it i mean gosh i don't even know i can't even believe they have rituals for this because it's like it's just nuts right i mean we're so programmed to have our grandparents pass and our parents than us, not the other way around. What happens when life does that to you? And that's what I'm got on what I experienced. So I remember my uncle had to take my hand. He goes, he literally took it and he had to push the button. I couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, what am I, what are we doing here? Like, what the heck's going on? And so a lot of that time, I'm the oldest son. I'm the only son, you know, after my brother passes away, I, I was given the instructions and given a lot of emotion, you know, things, not instructions, not the right word. I was given kind of feedback from everybody, not my parents, just, hey, you got to be strong, be strong. And I took that to mean hold emotions in. You can't say, you can't, you can't, you know, or I interpreted that to be like, okay, I can't cry. I got to be a rock. I got to be solid. And I'll tell you and your audience, Dr. Grinman, that is the worst, worst thing you can ever do. You're human. Grief is supposed to be felt. Mm -hmm. Grief only turns into suffering when that grief turns into suffering itself. And I'll tell you guys about that later. So in that moment, I needed to have that grief be felt, cry, do whatever, scream, yell. Six months later, when I actually wanted to move on, is when PTSD just, I hope I can say this, just kicked my ass. <laughs> I mean... I had 15, I could count, 15 anxiety attacks, panic and anxiety attacks throughout the day, deep depression, suicidal thoughts. I couldn't go to school. I couldn't do anything. I wasn't myself. And it just blew up in my face because of what happened. And 
finally, I got to the point where I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, Tony sometimes talks about it. He goes, when you get to that point where you're so sick and tired of being sick and tired, I got to that point and I went to my dad and I told my dad and he, my dad is a naturopathic and Ayurvedic physician practices in Seattle, Washington. And I went to him and I said, dad, I, I can't take this anymore. Like, I feel like crap. I'm not myself. I miss my old self. What is going on? And he looked at me and he goes, you know, son, I've been watching you the whole time. But the difference is, of course, I wanted to make sure you're okay. And I, I believed you were, but I was waiting for you to come to me instead of me go to you. Because when you come to me, that's when I know you want to change. Mm. And so at that point, Dr. Grimman, he, you know, he, he kind of put me on this. Um, we started taking Ayurvedic herbs. Ashwagandha was one. Uh, it didn't evolve into the mood formula that we have now, but it was ashwagandha. I learned how to how to understand my emotions. I started doing yoga exercise and started doing dieting. And then I also started to take my attention and use a very powerful diversion technique to get back into what my passions were, not always go to how I was feeling or directing it to, you know, recalling things. Like, I, I'm not against... You know therapy or anything I, I've, I've loved like, I think it works and it works for people but at that point where I was it didn't work for me because it kept on revisiting my old things and old things that had my mind keep on going to that so I had to do something else and doing that program within 30 to 45 days Dr. Ruman, I was completely myself again in fact not myself but a lot better because I understood how the mind works mm -hmm. and and that's kind of what we've devoted, you know, what, what I've devoted to with Uveda is helping other people like that and helping other people through that in a much more structured and evolved program and products and services. I love all of that. I think what you just described is, you know, when you just said, when you get to that point where what you're doing is no longer working, if anything, it's creating, you know, the same reality every day. How yep. do you shift from that to really mobilizing and becoming the master of your own mind, right? Um, so that's beautiful. And can I, I have a few questions about that whole journey, because the way you just described it, so many people I think can relate. And, you know, I love what you said about grief. And um, what were some of the things on your journey that were really not helpful? like when people said or what was happening that was not helpful at all? And what were, what were some things that you wish people knew at the time about how to deal with you as you were going through your own grief journey? That's a beautiful question. I don't think I've ever been asked that um, than so many of these. Um, the, the whole fact that it doesn't matter what position of the family you are, you, you are a human, which means you will be grieving and the true strength, uh, and yeah, thank you for bringing this because this is one of the things I mentioned and it helps people. The true strength, Dr. Goodman, comes from feeling those emotions, being with those emotions, being with that grief, because you will have an understanding of that you can observe the grief, you can be, you can let this grief take you over, but understand there's a deeper structure, foundation that is that is you, and that is peace that's behind it. Believe it or not, even in that storm. And I think people need to understand when they give the advice, be strong, it means, hey, you know, brother, sister, whoever you are, express yourself, cry, scream, whatever you need to do, 
honor that grieving process. It's different for everybody else. The only advice that I'll give you is once that grief turns into suffering, meaning that when you do decide eventually you want to move on, which people have their own thing and you're still suffering, that is when it's not positive. That is when it, it turns against you. So it is that when you tell people to be strong, make sure they kind of interpret. It doesn't mean you hold everything in. That's the worst thing people can do because it's just not how the body is designed. The body is designed to feel and, and let go, right? Like even in our conversations, how many emotions have we felt so far? If we held all of them, <laughs> it would be a pretty insane conversation because, you know, I'd be stuck in one thing, you'd be another. So, you know, we're, we're all trained to come up and let go, come up and let go. So I think that is one of the biggest things. Second thing is the importance of community, making sure, and I, I was, this was one thing that I, I think I had plenty of, making sure you have a community to lean on, not just your family, not just your friends, but, you know, other people that perhaps sometimes you can't share certain things or not comfortable to share certain things with just family or friends. And so having a community to lean on. And at that time, I mean, I didn't eat right. I wasn't really obviously not exercising, not even thinking about it. Um, giving yourself the time, not being so hard on yourself. I think those are the three things that I, I would like to share with people. I love it. You know, it's almost like you're speaking into post-traumatic growth as a process because it entails this idea. Uh, it's not even an idea. It's, it's, it's this process of own strength and recognizing it within yourself. It also involves the process of relationship with others and really growing through the relationship with other people and not getting stronger. So having that, you know, community is really important. I love what you said about feeling your feelings. And I often talk about the distinction between, you know, when something terrible happens, we all we all tend to have the capacity to suffer, but not all of us know how to struggle well and struggling well with the meaning of it. Like, right. why did this even happen? Why did this happen to my brother? Why am I dealing with this now? Like, you know, just like really being able to, you know, work with that and struggling through it, I think is what you did. Um, and really, you know, were able to cultivate a new meaning for yourself. And I guess I'm curious, like, was there a new mean? Like, was there, did you go through that process of you know, why and, 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 and all of that. And then did that lead to a different meaning for you around what happened? It did. And beautiful question. Uh, my dad actually pointed out to me a few years back. He goes, you know what? You didn't want to be a doctor, but he goes, you're still helping people heal in this other way. And you know how Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it looking backwards. And I guess if I never went through the experience that I did, I wouldn't be doing what I am now. And that is helping other people. And I guess the new meaning to it is that through my own knowledge and my own experience, I, I get to do this. You know? And so, um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's kind of, that's what the new meaning is, I guess. Why he went the way he did. The, the, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever have an answer for that, right? I mean, obviously, if you look at it from the rational mind, yeah, he was speeding and there was wet roads and that led to it. Of course, that did. But out of everybody, there was seven other people involved in that accident. He was the only one. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. But, yeah. And I imagine, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine that that is – that's still like a dialectic that you're left with, right? Is this beautiful thing that came out of your experience and yet 
oftentimes I'm sure still in your, you know, in your own heart and mind, you know, grappling with that too, but it doesn't hold the same weight anymore. It's like you have a, you have a path you're on and it's helping people exponentially. Right. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting, Dr. Grimman is, is the few months leading, you know, after his, uh, after his death, I, he would be in my dreams. I would have these dreams, and I think it's a subconscious recollecting. It would be like, oh, he's he's still here. He's alive. He's right there. And it would be in your dreams. And I think it wasn't until I started to really feel my emotions and let them up that the body and mind kind of were cohesive and being like, no, I mean, it's he's he's gone now. Um, and you know, the the body does reach this peace with it. It doesn't mean that I won't be sad when I think about him. Of course, he was my brother. I don't miss him. But there is this peace that you've kind of reached within yourself of the internal struggle is gone. You're no longer captivated by the emotions that just roll around you when you're going through that. You've been able to be free of those. And now you see the sweet memories. Of course, you miss him, like I said. Um, yeah, I mean, I can go back and... and recollect the accident scene and like you said it probably doesn't have the weight but if i really wanted to maybe i could put myself in that state again but i with the knowledge i know you're not supposed to <laughs> i mean the subconscious doesn't need much to kind of go back but of course um i have the tools now to, to make sure that doesn't happen and that's another thing that i learned in my journey is you know re recollecting and keep on going into the past and re-examining -re what happened and all that so that wasn't helping me either um, and again, a lot of, when I tell people that, they think, well, well is that not, not honoring your brother? I said, no. Realistically, I have him in my heart. And my brother, if he was alive right now, he would be telling me, what are you doing, man? Like, come on, get out. You have so many dreams and goals and aspirations that you want to do and help go help people. And so I think that's, that's the difference there. Like, when does it become suffering versus when is it still grief, right? Could it be both at the same time sometimes? Yes, Mm -hmm. Yes, it can. But that decision, see, for me, yes, it can. And that decision, when it started to turn into pain, that's when I, I knew that, okay, I can still grieve, but I need to, I need to kind of step back and, and get this, get this going, turn my life around because the pain was just too much. When the pain is too much where you don't even want to get up in the day, you don't want to do anything. That's when, that's when it's not just grief. It's, it's also become a negative cycle. Mm -hmm. That now, now that you're getting engulfed in the emotions. Mm -hmm. I love that. I want to ask you back to the, the, the community, you know, and so many people ask me this who are not in the Tony Robbins community or, or aware of it. You know, why do you all like at times go nuts, right? And, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, it's always a dance party. Why is it always a dance party? But we know that there's a layered impact, right? It's not just, it looks fun, but there's something very, and, and this goes, you know, we can talk for days about the nervous system and recalibrating the nerve and learning how to, you know, almost like my puppy, shake it off, right? And, and really be able to- Yeah, great analogy, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much, because a lot of what you're talking about is like mastering yourself. How much of your journey has been around finding your own ability to master yourself around those those emotions that come up or and not not put them away like they don't exist but really 
have them and then be able to transcend them and continue on the intentional journey that you're on that day or that hour or that moment. Like how much of that was, was that, you know, mastering? Oh, 150%. That's, that's basically, that was all encompassing because when I was able to understand, so for the audience listening, I don't, I don't have, this this amazing skill that that you guys can't harness okay i'm no different than you guys what is emotion emotion is energy in motion okay now you guys all know that you can't be happy forever either right you all we all return to this homeostasis and body's always going towards balance that's what ayurveda teaches too you're always going to be returning back to homeostasis state because that's what that's ideal right Mm -hmm. and so you can't be you can't be sad forever either you know, te- technically, you can make yourself sad forever, but but realistically, I mean, if you observe the best people at this are babies and younger children. <laughs> they'll have emotions up and down. They'll feel them and they'll be done with them, right? Now, yes, for me, mastering that was much more repetition. Okay, the emotion's coming up and disconnecting with it. Like, almost like a cloud passing by. You don't take a cloud personally. Oh my God, I hate that cloud. You just let it kind of pass. Now, I understand when, when there's a heavier emotion, such as when my brother passed away, it was much, much, much harder to disconnect from that. But as you also start to, like what you're saying, why do we dance? Because in your attention, your mind can only, and Dr. Grimm, you can correct me if I'm wrong, your mind can literally only focus on one real thing or one or two things at a time. We're not really ideal for multitasking. And hence the power of diversion, especially with a creative outlet. What I started doing was I loved entrepreneurship. So I started putting my creative outlet intellect all my creative intellect and ayurveda goes into this it, it, it's a vata constitution vatas are very creative heavy and vata is kind of like the mind governor so if you can tell the governor of your body what to do it'll, it'll take it with it and the old neural pathways will be exhausted and so that's what i started doing is i started it, it started combining my creative outlets like entrepreneurship learning new skills doing this and then also with the emotional kind of feeling it and that's what happened it, it, the new, the old neural pathways that were causing me the suffering started to kind of wane away and the new ones um, started to develop. And that's kind of how I was able to do it. So it did take the mastering, but then it also was like, and that's why a part of what I, what I teach is you always got to have the creative part of your mind is what can really help you get out of this. Because when you have enough of that creative intellect involved in activity or something that you choose, you could be there. There was moments when I discovered this and I was doing something. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't feel any sensation, no pain. I didn't even think of my brother. And this has been two hours gone by. That's amazing. And then when you stop and think about it, it comes back up, but then it diminishes. And then you get back into it. Then you get back to it. And then you return to the sense of norm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I mean, I, it, it, it was extremely about mastering that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take much. Your brain is very resilient. And as you know, Tony Robbins is all about, hey, let's let's get the results quicker than 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 the latter, right? Yeah, I love it. I'm gonna have I have a, a bit of a and maybe a difficult question, but it's something that I wonder about. Do you think that you would be doing what you're doing in the way that you're doing it had the event not occurred, had you not gone through this struggle? No, there's no way. I don't think so because we were living, you know, we, we, me and my brother were living, you know, a really nice life. I mean, we had really good parents, um, great family upbringing. But, you know, I, I, I would not have been able to unlock the 
immense immense power that the mind can have over you like there's a great quote in the mahabharata it's it's, it's like an indian folk tale and it says that your mind can be your best friend or your worst enemy and i think it's been used here too and i didn't understand the impact of what that really meant until that event so dr Kramer, i really appreciate you asking that question because I don't know if I've been asked that again. You're asking me some questions that I haven't been asked. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and I'll be honest with you. Um, no, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now at, at the level, at the depth I'm doing. Because a lot of times when I first started, I would be scared that if I get into it, I'm going to pull up memories and I, I could get dragged into it. Now I have the knowledge that that's absolutely not true. I have almost this firewall that if anything, I know how to get myself out of it, but it, I won't go back there. I just know my mind has this neuro muscle that's not going to let me get there. So. I love it. I mean, this is really, truly the distinction between being resilient, which is amazing, and, and thriving. And sometimes I find, and I don't know, you know, I didn't know how you would respond to that question, because sometimes I find people become extremely offended by it, saying like, well, I wish I, it never had happened. And of course, I'm sure you wish it never would have happened. And at the same time, some of the realities of our thriving and how many people you're helping and the kind of person that you are to your family and friends and myself and the community was born out of that struggle. It's a very um, difficult thing sometimes to wrap our minds around. So I appreciate you answering it. Oh, of course, it's a great question. And I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said anything else. I mean, that, that wouldn't be authentic to me. Like, and, and to anybody else that, you know, I'm trying to serve. I don't think I'd be doing this, honestly. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be so. Mm -hmm. I I love so when I when I met you, you know, and I heard um, about what you're doing with Uveda. I love so. I recently went to Kripalu. Do you know about Kripalu up in yeah. the Berkshires? Yeah. Yeah. So they're all based around yoga and Ayurvedic medicine, and so I I've always loved it. You know, I think I had my constitution. You know, looked yep. at. I think it's. I, I think I'm yours. What are you, Kafa? I'm more of a Vata. Vata. Vata, okay. Vata, yeah. So, you know, it was really interesting. So on point, you know, and, and um, um, I love yoga. And, and when I saw what you were doing with you, Veda, I thought, this is kind of cool. What is it? And so I want you to talk to us a little bit about it. But then also, how did this come? I, I know how it came about for you. You know, you were taking some supplements yourself. How did you know that this was going to be something that you wanted to share with everybody? Was it just like a, something tells me it wasn't just a business idea because it is a business. It's a, it's a thriving one, but something tells me it was more than that. And, and how did you know that this was going to touch so many people and what was the process around that? Right. So I began to recognize that how Ayurveda was becoming popular, but there was also confusion in what Ayurveda is. And then particularly, I, I had worked at my dad's business as well. And they, they would sell Ayurvedic supplements to doctors. So they were covering the doctor side. But I always was like, man, like consumers can really use this. But the issue with consumers is they don't have other doctors to educate them. So I wanted to make a system that was easy to understand, easy to comprehend, and go after some of the things that people struggle with, digestion, mood, joints, body, immunity. And so we came up with these blends and we did, we, we actually come up with these blends ourselves. We don't private label, we don't buy off the shelf and make them in a very easy to consume, easy to understand manner. But then not just stop there, keep providing the education. 
have have a community that's that's you know part of our Facebook group, our our email email newsletters, a, a community that's that's thriving and really helping other people. Because it's not the the journey to health doesn't just stop in a packet. It's also what you do after that, right? And we sell it in a pack and everything. So that's kind of where Uveda came was like my frustration to be like, how do we reach these people? They're so confused. If you ever go to a Whole Foods or a GNC and you ask them about Ayurvedic supplements, A, they kind of look confused, 50-50 chance they can even answer it. B, I'm like, hey, can you give me the best products for mood? Oh, yeah, I heard this was good. I heard that's okay. Can you tell me about the sourcing? Is it high quality? Can I trust it? So I wanted to get rid of all that doubt and give the consumers a product they could trust highest quality, a product that was formulated by doctors that had more than 45 years of combined experience, and something that's relatable and easy to take. And I think we've, we've done that and continue to refine it. I love it. And tell, tell me, so can I just show people? Yeah, I have, absolutely. I have mine. So I really wanted to do my due diligence and try this. And what I love, and I didn't take mine for today, I wanted to kind of do it after we spoke and just show people. I love this. I love how they're in these small little pockets and every day I don't have to think about it. Um, how did you, and I also got the essential oils. For those of you that know, I'm an aromatherapist as well. I do a lot of aromatherapy work. We do some aromatherapy. I call them experiments with my clients. And so I have my immunity. I have the digestion one, the mood, the joints one, and I have my favorites. How did you decide what to put into these packets? Like, how do you know? Where does the knowledge for that come from? And who do you, you know, where is this, where does this product come from? Right. So that's a great question. Um, we have a diverse team. So my father is, is, is a formulator, as long, along with his resident doctor. They have a combined of 60 plus years of clinical experience. So clinical, they're actually still doing it. Then the our, our partner in India who sources the herbs, who manufactures, his whole family has been in, in the pharmacopoeia business since, since he was born. You know, they honor the way we grow the herbs is very different. We work with the Department of Forestry in India who, who gives the local natives, you know, who gives them an economy because we purchase from them. And we purchase from them because they're growing the herbs in the right place at the right time in the right season. And they're not, they're not over harvesting. So it's really sustainably done. And it's, it's greatest quality over there as well. So we really have this really nice sustainable way of how the herbs are grown and manufactured. And how they're put together is, is you know, we have doctors that have like I said, 60 plus years of cl clinical experience, their, ex their experience and their research as well comes with it. And when you have that much time on you, you know what works and what doesn't. And then when you mix it with our, our uh, partners uh, and that are really good in, in the pharmacopoeia, I mean, you get a really great blend over there. And then, of course, it's not just us. We get these ingredients tested for third party, like heavy metals. We get them tested for um, just your safety recommendations as well. So they're third party tested for all these credentials. And then we use FDA and GMP registered facilities to manufacture our, our products as well. So uh, it's a team. There's a whole team. But you know, it's, it's a team that, that I know and, and has a lot of experience. Got it. I love it. So it really takes the, the guesswork out of it for people. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that so much. How has, um, how has the community responded to it? I saw some of the, you know, videos and things that people have said, but how has it touched them? And how did, what does that do for you in your own journey <laughs> and, and, well, and, and growth? To date, I think we've impacted more than 10,000 lives, my assistant was telling me. And what I mean by that is 
we've been able to, um, you know, some people that have, were dependent on anti-anxiety, anti-depression medications were able to come off of it. People have more energy. People have healthier digestion. People are living their lives. Most importantly, people are out of pain, you know, they're really thriving and learning about their own bodies and, and the ability to heal. And the, and the thing that's really amazing about these herbs is they actually are supportive to your body. They, 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 they begin to evolve and adapt with your body. So they really become a part of you. You know, they continue to continue to make sure you run optimally, continue to balance you. And the, the community's really been moved because we also love to provide value. I'll have people have amazing speakers on uh, that, that are part of the podcast community newsletter. So I'm really blessed that we get to help people. The testimonials, I always tell the team, it's like, yes, of course, the company has to be financially sound because that's how, you know, you run a company. But to me, the real million dollars in the bank is is the testimonials and everybody that's, you know, really thankful for what you do. And I think that the community, thankfully, has gratefully has responded to, to our labor of love, I believe. So, and you can see it as well. Yeah. How has it impacted you? Um, well, I get to meet amazing people such as yourself, connect with like-minded individuals. Um, it's really made me much more of a believer in, yeah, we can advance and it's amazing, but the ancient medicine, the ancient healing sciences, they're coming around. It's interesting because we're being so inspired by them. And it's impacted me to think deeper um, and really go more into Ayurveda. It's funny, my dad, when I was little, got us involved. He, he planted the seed and now it's come around full-fledged. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of doing it. And it's really impacted my family because uh, you know, there's a certain way we, we eat and, and, and certain rituals that we do in terms of, um, you know, like meditation and, and all that stuff is kind of a norm and certain time to eat and everything. It's not like rigidity. It's not like we're rigid about it, but we understand what works with the universe, with the nature and with our body. So it's changed me in that way, you know, like really believe that I have the ability to really impact my health. I, it starts with me. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I want to just get into, if we can, for a couple of minutes, you just said the ancient sciences. And, you know, um, when I was growing up, my mother is a physician and was, you know, and, and we're Russian. And so a lot of the, you know, ways of thinking about medicine, very westernized, right, um, medicine, and what we've been finding in my own family, and there's been a lot of different things going on for different people, is the thing that has been working is consistent, sustainable, non-Western medicine approaches. Yeah. <laughs> and not only is it working for the symptoms, but it's working for the mood, for you know, just overall general, just being in health, right? So it's just this like holistic shift that we are noticing in people in my family, including myself. And so I wonder with everything going on in the world and you know, just so many people with so much more anxiety. I mean, the amount I'm so busy, the amount of calls that, you know, are coming in and wanting to clone myself <laughs> just to be able to service this community. What role do you think that this is going to play? And what do you think is the entree for people who are kind of like Ayurveda or, you know, holistic medicine or, you know, when, when they really are not aware, 
what is the entree to that? What what should they read? Like what who should they talk to? Um, I know that you know that there's a quiz that I love, and it was so on point that it made me a believer in you, Veda, because I was like, oh, you know, this, they they know what they're talking about. They just described me. But for people who are not aware, where should they go? How do they start? I think the website is a really good place to start. Uveda.com, uh, and go there just to educate yourself. I'm not telling you to go there and buy anything yet. I want you to be comfortable. Discover who you are. Take the quiz. Understand. Does it resonate with you? Most importantly, there's going to be a part of you, like it was for me, intuitively, that already knows, oh my gosh, I have this ability to help my body heal. It's in, it's in everybody. Because, Dr. Grinman, you know, we both are sharing something that we're passionate about. Why are we sharing it? Because we've been impacted. And what do you do when you've been impacted positively? You want to share it, right? With everyone. Yeah. Yeah, with everybody. Exactly. So that's kind of how I approach it. But uveda.com is a great reference. We have a plethora of articles, knowledge center, videos, trainings, everything. We have that where you can get the education and you can get you can know how this stuff works. What is ashwagandha? How does it work? How will it impact me? What stuff does it work for? And take the dosha quiz. So the dosha quiz is basically your personalized roadmap of who you are, what you can, what are some things that can impact you, i.e., go wrong, and how are ways that I can balance it out. And from there, you can help out. But I think we have a great resource library, and that's why I said it's always never it's never just been about the supplements or the products. It's always been about the education first, because if you really educate the people, you know, then, then they begin to make more informed decisions and, and really empower themselves. So um, even if they change the habits of, hey, OK, you know, maybe my heaviest meal shouldn't be in dinner. <laughs> maybe it should be at lunchtime as per Ayurveda because of the digestive fire. It's the highest as, as with the sun, too. So certain little tips that they can constitute and, and take. I love that. You just answered my question. You know, I usually get from clients, why should I know my dosha? Like, what is that? What does that mean? What does my constitution mean? How would you describe doshas to people? They're different energies. So everybody is, is an energy body. And these are different energies that are composed of who you are exactly, who Dr. Grinman is, who Guni is. And they're specific to your uh, physical structure, your mental and emotional structure. And they are, they're basically like a emotional, physical, spiritual, social security number. Okay. Just like people can pull up so much stuff on your social security number and more financially related to credit and all that other stuff where you've been. This is much more for your physical, emotional. It'll tell your story almost. Mm -hmm. um, and it'll tell you, okay, you know, it's, it's in interesting. If you get deeper into it, Dr. Grimman, it can even tell you what career you should be in. It's crazy. Uh, or give you suggestions. So It'll tell you, okay, you may be allergic to a nightshade family. Stay away from dairy. Uh, get this much sleep. Don't get this much sleep. Do this exercise. Don't do that. And these are all cues and suggestions. I'm not saying be rigid and do it. I One of my philosophies is I get asked this a lot. Oh, man, so that means like I, I can't even stay up late on Friday nights. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't mean that. It means ideally try to live in balance. Don't, don't. Like, you should still enjoy life. And I've heard a wonderful philosopher. I'm not sure if you follow Muji or not. But Muji, you know, somebody asked Muji, he's like, oh, so does, like, if you if you reach enlightenment and all that stuff, do you just have to sit, like, there and not do anything? And Muji goes, no. You don't have to be, like, a stoned Buddha. Enjoy life. Laugh. Have pizza. Whatever the heck you want to do. And that's, that's what I mean here, too, is, is the doshas really give you that knowledge that is perhaps your body into, again, 
I believe we're we're intuitive creatures, and it it takes something to open that up that you intuitively know. And once you start living in that harmony, you you it's like that flow state. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I took that quiz and this isn't the first time, obviously I, ha- I had like an Ayurvedic practitioner do a whole thing on me a few years ago. But when I took that quiz, I was like, how does he know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, when I did it with a couple of my clients and we really looked at, you know, what is your routine like? And based on your constitution, like perhaps, you know, and and just making those small, what does Tony say? Like that two millimeter shift, right? Can make such a huge difference in, I think, not just the results, Guni, but also your own personal power around your yeah. health. Because this is what we, you know, I was just talking to someone about what's pervasive right now is the lack of self responsibility that people are taking for themselves. And why? Because it's so easy right now to blame the government and politics right. and religion, right. every single thing. But why are we not taking responsibility? Because we're not informed. We don't know how to deal with the anxiety, with the stuff. So it's almost like an inside out cleanse. You know, it's just like, look at yourself from the inside out rather than just trying to, you know, eradicate symptoms that are that are coming up. So I love, love, love what you're about. Um, to close, I would love to know, what is something that you would share and this is just so in fairness i volunteer for experience camps as a clinician it's a one week experience that a lot of people who know me know i do for kids and teens who've lost a loved one and so they're in these beautiful camps all over that's amazing it's incredible and this will be my seventh year volunteering during the summer and i'm doing some work with them throughout the year and one of the things we talk about most is the grief journey. And so what's something that you would tell a kid or a teen or a young adult who has tragically lost someone in their life um, who died and um, and is going through this journey and doesn't necessarily have, you know, the support system or that mindset? What's, what's some words of advice that you would have for them? Oh, it's a great question. It goes back to what I learned, that they don't have to be strong for anyone. They don't really have to be strong for themselves, their family. And they need to realize that grief is a very natural process. Mm. And it's a beautiful opening as well to understand who they really are. Because underneath those emotions, underneath what they're feeling, there is, in fact, it's going to sound crazy, but it's almost a blessing to be able to be to feel what you feel because it almost wakes you up to understand who you truly are. When, when you really know that your mind and your emotions can do that, but then it can also bring you back, it's, 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 it's a really amazing journey. And I think that's what I would tell those people that, you know, there's people out there that, that are in your, have been in your situation exactly where you were, feeling exactly what you were. But the body that can put you in that situation is the same body that, and mind that can take you out of it. And there's specific things that you guys can do. But the first thing that you got to do is understand that 
it's very normal. It's a normal process. And begin now to open up to understand and feel your emotions. Don't don't befriend them. Almost befriend them. Befriend the grief. It won't make you love the person that you lost less. It'll just make you suffer less. Mm. You're speaking straight to my heart. <laughs> Thank really you. Beautiful. And lastly, what's something that you would tell those family members or friends of that person? What's the most helpful thing that they can do or say or not say? Right. Um, again, uh, don't don't tell the person to be strong because they could interpret that to mean, okay, I got to hold the emotions in. Um, try to help. If, they've, if they're a true friend and family member, the best thing that you can do is Get that person passionate about what they were passionate about again. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you lose that passion because of that. Get them, I don't know what it was. I mean, for me, it was entrepreneurship. For the other person, it could be dance, it could be music, it could be art, it could be, it could be they've always wanted to open a website, they've wanted to volunteer. Whatever that is, encourage that person to go do that because that's going to serve many things. A, like I said, it's going to, it's going to be a good diversion for them away from this. They'll get involved, ideally do it with other people. So other people are dependable and reliable on you. So you can't make up an excuse and say, oh, I don't feel good. I feel down. I'm going to sit. No, no, there's like four people that are depending on you. Come on, let's go. You can do it. You can do it. And there's something about that passion and of what, what, what you almost, and if, if you can't recall that passion, when that person was younger, what do they talk about? What do they want to do all the time? What are they hiding? What are they hiding behind that they don't want to do? It's a great. You want to open up that YouTube channel? Go do it. Mm -hmm. you want to write that blog? Go do it. Mm -hmm. You want to go and, and you know, travel for a little bit? Go do it. And like remind them of what they're passionate about and help them. It'll open up the doorway to to something amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And channeling that right in such a beautiful way that then supports so many other people because there, there is nothing like talking to someone who gets it. <laughs> it's yeah. just so natural and it's so wonderful to talk to you about this. Huni, I'm just Thank so you. I'm grateful. Um, I love having these conversations with people. Obviously, it's like in my home. I have it in my office and, you know, people listen. The most important thing for me is that people see someone like you and they see you right now and say, wow. Um, you really turned something that was and still is probably very painful, right, into something that is equally as beautiful and really helps people out there in the world. I actually, as you were talking, I rolled down this like mood. I love it so much. Uh, yes, I love it as well. I use it throughout the day. Um, so I I love this. And Guni, how can people um go? So it's uveda.com. Is there anything else that they need to know in terms of reaching you or finding your, I know you have um, YouTube, right? YouTube. Yes. Yeah. So going on kind of uveda.com is a central hub to connect to us on, on, it has information about Ayurveda. You can take the dosha quiz, has information about the products. You can go follow the podcast, um, the essential oils, the, the supplements. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can check out the past webinars we've done. I mean, that's the best central hub, but we're on all social, you know, on Facebook, Instagram as well. If you ever, if, if your audience ever wants to get in touch with me, I, I can't promise I'll respond the same day, sometimes not even the same week, but it'll get to me is, you know, shoot us a, shoot us an email at customer service at uveda.com and in the subject line, just put my name and one of the team members will make sure I get it. 
Um, and, and I do it because uh, last week there was an email from somebody that, you know, he was, he was kind of asking some questions about that. And, and those touched my heart because I know where they were. And if somebody would have done that for me earlier back in the day, I mean, I would have, I would have probably recovered much quicker, but I don't regret anything because my, my journey was what it was supposed to be. So it's a mission to give back. <laughs> Thank you. Is there, I, I know I keep saying last thing, but this really is the last thing. Is there any mantra or any thought that you want to leave people with? Um, I have so many. But the one that always resonates is you know, the only moment that you can really make a change is, 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 is in the now. And that is really where the power is. I remember because when, when the pain was too much, I made the decision to stop. That's enough the pain. I made the decision to do something else. I've seen other people do it as well. And the only time you can make the change is now. And then the thing is decide now. Like if you're if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, decide now and do it. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, it's really easy to blame everything else besides just taking the action now and just always trying to leave people better than you found them. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I hope. Thank you for having me. You're this welcome. was amazing. This was amazing. I love having these conversations. Um, I, I didn't even realize it. It's almost been 50 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so fast. We'll say goodbye now. And I hope that you will come on and talk more another time about growth through struggle. Thank you so much, Kuni. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. All right, and that is a wrap. Thank you so much for joining my guest and I in this episode of Heart to Heart Talk with Dr. Victoria Grinman. If you found this inspiring, please share. And if you'd like to get in touch because you or you know someone who has a story from struggle to triumph that they'd like to share, please get in touch. www.growingkindminds.com. Till next time, have a wonderful day and trust your journey.